Today, the workplace is more dynamic and diverse than it's ever been. Four generations coming together to contribute to our economy's growth. But new challenges in the workplace are growing each and every day. This podcast brings corporate leaders to you, sharing solutions and strategies to enhance your company's culture and bring your people together. Rise Up For You presents its newest podcast series, Workplace Solutions. People matter. Hi, everyone. This is Natalina, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. Very, very excited today to be speaking to Brenda Lagoth. She's a dear friend and um, a really an expert at what she does. She's been in the recruiting industry for over 20 years. She's a staffing veteran that is passionate about helping people re-enter the workforce or change directions in their career. And, you know, today we jump into a really great conversation about, I mean, what does that look like today in 2020, not only for the younger generation that's um, entering the workforce, but also maybe seasoned veterans that are changing careers. What are some strategies that they can implement to be seen? Do they expect to go in at an executive level or can they work their way up? So this is a really great conversation that um, I think everybody can really benefit from. Pass it on to anybody that's entering the workforce, is going through a career transition. This is definitely an episode full of golden nuggets that you do not want to miss. So let's get started and enjoy our episode. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Workplace Solution Podcast. It's an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing. So I have been in staffing for about 19 years and most of it in technical engineering and IT staffing. And recently I've had the opportunity to go to work for a company that does staffing and project-based work in instructional design, uh, training and development, learning and development, organizational development, as well as e-learning uh, curriculum for LMS systems. And I found it very interesting because it really speaks to the new generation of workforce and training them up and keeping them engaged in their position and showing that the company cares about growing them and teaching them. Okay, great. So I, I feel like we have a lot to uh, that we can dive into today. But before we dive into, you know, hiring practices, which I know that you're very well versed in and staffing, I want to ask you, what are the, what are some of the things that you are seeing today with new hires that are younger opposed to, you know, 15, 20 years ago? I think the misconception that if you leave a company, you will make more money. If you leave every two years, you'll make more money. I think, um, they're not sitting at their jobs and getting that experience. And I've had to coach my own children into, you know, so that position that you took isn't a fit for you, but go to your, your HR and say, hey, I'm not happy in this situation. This is why. What else do you have so that I can stay here and go into a different direction in this company? And they feel like if they stay at a company, they're not going to be promoted and they're not going to get raises. And I think that thinking is wrong and that HR needs to get involved every year and do performance reviews and say, what is your expectation for the next year? You know, what would you like to see happening in your career path in, 
year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, you know, what's your 10 year plan? Yeah. So how do we, how do we reframe that? So, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the, the younger generation, the iGen, the millennials, um, I mean, and really everybody, they want purpose in their career, but we see it more with the younger generations that that's really their driving initiative is well-being and purpose in their career. And you're absolutely right. You know, um, nowadays I'm seeing resumes that have like eight months, 10 months, right. Per job, because if it's almost if there's not that instant fulfillment or gratification, then they're on to the next job to find it. So I guess there's two questions here is how do we reframe that mentality so that they have more of a longer buy-in and kind of work their way up? And, um, and what are some other things you kind of mentioned it with HR that companies can do to help support this mindset and get them to stay a little bit longer? Well, I think when they're hiring recent college grads, they need to map out a program for them and map out, just start with like two to four, three years, start small, but parents need to have that conversation too. I think parents need to get engaged with their children and say, you know, you've gone through college, you're going to do this. Why would, why would you leave at eight months? Why would you make an investment in a company and not see everything it has to offer you? But HR and families have to have that conversation and they have to start out small. I think that the younger generation is scared with if if you say, what's your five-year plan? They're like, ah, I don't have a five-year plan. Right. I've never discussed the five-year plan. My only five-year plan was to get out of high school and get through college, maybe go to Europe. That was my five-year plan. Now I don't have one. Now I'm in a job. I'm not sure if I took the right career path. And they have to not be scared to say, I chose the wrong degree. I went in the wrong field. I'm not happy you know, but what does this company have that could make me happy? I'm educated, I'm smart, I'm willing to do things. And I think with this generation of, I got everything right now, that that's a hard process for them. And I don't know what it's going to take to change that culture because everything's on demand right now. Everything they want is on demand, food, groceries, but career paths aren't on demand right. and, and they don't understand that. Right. And on the flip side, I would say, I know, I know we hear a lot of talk about, you know, the millennial generation and the iGen generation, but you do a lot of work with staffing. You do a lot of work with hiring. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I also see on the flip side, you know, older generations that when they are in transition or when they're looking for a job, um, in some ways there's a little bit more entitlement there, right? And because maybe they have so much experience and so they feel that, they should be making a certain amount. And there's almost this uh, perception that, no, I can't start from the bottom or I can't come in in the middle and work my way up. It's this expectation of, hey, I've been in the workforce for 30 years. If I'm in transition and trying to find another job, I want the high executive level job. I mean, do you see that? I know I'm generalizing. I've absolutely seen it. And I've been working with several people that are in transition now. And it's very interesting to see who's willing to Think about the company they're going in, the company culture, what that company has to offer you in that next five years. They're not looking at that. You're right. Some of them want to come in, and if I don't get to do this, 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 and this, I'm not taking that job. Well, you're also not providing for your family and not showing them an example of compromise. So I I see people that are willing to um, 
think about the next company they want to go to work for. What is that company culture like? What are the job uh, opportunities in that company? Can you walk in and do this job and then in six months prove that you can get that, that promotion? And are you willing to do that? And that's what needs to change in that mindset is they can't have a laundry list of expectations going into a job. You have to go in showing what you can do, proving your value, and then take the promotions or ask for the promotions or ask, hey, I saw a vacancy. I think I'd be great at that. Go in that way. But they're not looking at, some aren't looking at what is the next company I want to go to work for. They're looking at what is my next executive role I want to go into. And I think that's a bad way to start a job search and a bad way to go into interviews because you're just demanding. Right. And I, I mean, I, I know quite a few, and again, we're generalizing here, but I, I do know quite yeah. a few individuals that, I mean, they've been out of work for months because of not that they're not getting job offers, but again, it's that expectation of, no, I want to come in at this level level, or these are the expectations that I have. I mean, is there a certain amount of time that um, you don't want to be out of the workforce? Do you know? I mean, like how long? No more than six months. Okay. Yeah. Well, job searching. You don't want to. You want to, because then it's showing that you can't make a decision. You said, I've had five offers. Well, why didn't you take those offers? Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to get an offer from this company, but I'm interviewing with you. Well, well, if you're getting an offer from this company, why are you interviewing with me? You know, what is that that's distracting you from taking those roles? And I think they, that being close-minded to looking at the company as a whole and what that opportunity could offer you in five, 10 years that's the way you need to go in it, not I have to do this, this, and this to get this job. I need to be seated at this level when maybe you're not even ready to be seated at that level because you don't have an open mind about how to drive other people's careers under you because you are so demanding in your own. Right, right. So you're not going to help the people under you make good decisions. Okay, okay, so that makes sense. So about six months and Anything more than that, then we start to question why they've been out of the workforce for so long, right? In, or in yeah, transition. Need, yeah. Yeah, you really need to make up an excuse like, oh, I went to Europe for three months. Right. And I came back <laughs> to do my job search. You just have to make something up. Or I had to care for an elderly parent. I mean, at that point, we want to know, you know, why were you getting jobs? What's wrong with you? that you're not getting job offers. And if you've got job offers, what's wrong with you that you're not taking them? Right, absolutely. So yeah. um, you can have gaps in your resume. You absolutely can have gaps in your resume. But you have to not be afraid to say, hey, I made a mistake. I took the wrong job. I got fired from this position because I did this, this, and this, and I learned from it. You have to show that those gaps taught you something and that you wanted to make the right choice going forward. Right, absolutely. So I know, um, again, you're very well-versed when it comes to hiring practices and the workforce is changing so much in 2020 and it's still rapidly changing. So what are some, I guess, new practices that you can suggest or um, even do's and don'ts, things that you think don't work and things that you have seen that really work well? Um, Do's and don'ts. When looking for a job, really spread your net wide and far apply for a lot of different things um, that are in 
that fit your resume. Right. Um, have several different resumes and don't be afraid to change your resume to show um, things that you might have forgot that you could do or did do um, that match the job description because the problem now in hiring practices is a lot of companies have ATS systems where you apply online and your resume only will pop up if it's 80%, if it's 90%. And what that means is it's hitting 80 or 90% of the words that match the job description. Okay. So having different resumes when you're in a job search does not hurt you. Changing your resume to reflect some of the words, even though it might be a little different or um, you might feel it's dishonest. If you really look at the job description and you say, hey, I can do this because of this, this, and this, it's not dishonest because you just need to hit those things. Um, also, linking in with someone that might be hiring for that position and calling them and saying, hey, I applied in your ATS system for this position. I think it might report to you. This is why it would be a good fit. We should have a conversation and list the reasons why you're a fit for that because that will speed up that job process. That will get them thinking, hey, maybe it's not me, but maybe my the person down the hall, I know is hiring for that and they haven't found someone. I'm going to get this message to them and you might get a call back faster. Okay. So don't be afraid to still engage with people. That's how you used to get jobs in the past. You used to call up and say, hey, I saw your want ad. This is why I'm going to apply to it. I'm going to drop off my resume. Now you have to do it through the ATS, but tell them that you did it through the ATS and why you would be a fit for it. Be of value right up front. I, I think that second point is very, very important because, I mean, individuals can get very discouraged when they're applying to the ATS, right? And just over and over again, another digital resume, another resume. Um, but it's really that second piece that's important, you know, like tackling LinkedIn, finding the recruiters that are on LinkedIn that um, are under that company or even HR and, and sending them even a LinkedIn message. I think that that engagement portion is really, really important to getting to that or even just to be seen and getting to that next step. Yeah. And I think it's got about an 85 success rate in getting an interview or a phone conversation. It it gets something rather than black hole. Right. And I think that's what's frustrating about a job search is you get a lot of black hole in sending the resume around. So you have to, you have to reach out to someone. You have to think who is that going to report to or, or you're right. What is the recruiter that might be in charge of that? Do they have technical recruiters? Do they have, you know, admin recruiters and, and reaching out from there is so important. Right. So, I mean, as I mentioned, the workforce is changing at such a rapid pace and we're all about soft skills and human skills. Uh, What's your recommendation on starting to fuse that into the resume a little bit more so that companies can see that you're adaptable. And even if the workforce changes in three to five years, that technically you can learn a new skill, you have a growth mindset. What are your thoughts on putting those competencies within your resume as well? Well, I think it's important, but it's hard to describe soft skills. Like, oh, I'm a problem solver. Well, what problems have you solved? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of team environments have you worked for? How big of teams? And what was your role in that team? Describing that. Stop the bullet points. Tell the story of your job. Your last job. or, Or even... I babysat five kids and they were a nightmare. You know, you haven't had that first (laughs) real job. Right. So the younger group, describing 
you know, that I babysat for this family and they recommended me to this family, or I waited tables here and that restaurant, you know, had, was short staffed and I had to take 10 tables or, you know, we had to work in teams as food runners and this and that and how, and how that interaction with your team went. Because some people are coming into the workforce and they haven't had a real job. They haven't had an internship. So just describing it as a story and rather than bullet points. I see these resumes with four bullet points about what you did. And I'm like, I don't even know how to start a conversation with you because I don't understand what you've done, how you've done it, and what that resulted in. Absolutely. I love that. Brenda, thank you so much. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and ask you what's something that you would like to see more of in the workplace today? I would like to see companies help with the soft skills, you know, problem solving, how to work as a team is so important. How to put your ego aside and work as a team to get something done. What and goal setting as a team. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. Well, as a company that promotes soft skills, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm going to say yes all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a problem with our workforce is they are in it for themselves. So many people are in it for themselves, but you're working for a company. So what is that mission statement of that company? And what is your department doing to get there? And how is your team going to affect that? Absolutely. And if you could leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget here. What would that golden nugget be? Um, I would say get out of your own way. Don't have any, your ego prevents you from doing so much. And I know I started with an ego and I was going to be a champion by the time I was 25. And you know, it's just not possible. Don't set yourself up for that. You know, it's a long-term, it's a, a long way up to Mount Everest. So, you know, climb it one foot at a time, take that step, get better every step of the way. And if you fall a little bit, everybody does, but get out of your own way. Absolutely. And lastly, as you know, we're rise up for you. So when you hear that phrase rise up for you, what does that mean to you? I think that means a lot of self-empowerment and a lot of self-awareness. I think that, um, again, we live in such a get it now kind of society that having some kind of internal conversation with yourself and having a plan is is something that rise up for you, I think, really promotes. We talk about having a cheerleader, having a mentor, and those are things that I, I think are so important to get out of your own way yeah. and to, to be empowered yourself and to understand your purpose and where you want to be. Absolutely. Brenda, thank you so much for this incredible conversation. It was an honor having you on our show today. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing you speak again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Rise Up For You podcast, Workplace Solutions, People Matter series. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We hope that you continue to support this podcast. And if you are a returner, thank you so much for all of your support and commitment to what we do here at Rise Up For You. Please head over to riseupforyou.com. Learn more about the great work that we are doing. I mean, we are really serving humanity through the development of soft skills. 
all of the challenges that we see today in the workforce, all of the challenges that we see in our communities, in our homes, in our schools, it all comes down to the people skills that create 80% of our success. So again, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com to learn how we can serve you. You could check us out on LinkedIn, social media, at Rise Up For You is where we can find us. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can get weekly episodes to help you and your organization become your best. Have an amazing day. And remember to rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow.